What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to Demo Day. I'm your host, Sean Goldman, CEO of Coefficient Labs. And on today's show, we'll be interviewing Stephanie Campbell, the managing director of Houston Angel Network and the general partner of the Artemis Fund. In her role as managing director, Stephanie oversees the monthly deal flow, sources new opportunities, and organizes investor pitch meetings. Since 2001, the Houston Angel Network has invested over $96 million in over 300 early stage companies. The Artemis Fund is an early stage venture fund investing in female-led technology companies. On today's show, we cover how VC impacts the economy at large, the differences between angel investing and normal VC investing, and the important questions to ask VCs when you're pitching your startup. Without further ado, let's jump into today's episode of Demo Day. Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us today on Demo Day. Thanks so much for having me, Sean. I'm excited to be here. So Stephanie, I always like to start out our podcast by, you know, really kind of digging into the why behind venture capital. Like there's so many opportunities for you to work in different industries and you've chosen venture. Um, I'm, I'm curious, what is it about venture capital and working with startups in particular that has you so excited about the space? Yeah, so I'm incredibly excited about venture capital because you know, it really drives the economy and the impact that venture capital and, and startups can make on communities um, is really the drive for why I get into venture capital. Now, if you could, I'm, I'm curious, like, could you unpackage a little bit when you say that venture capital drives the economy? Like, what are the elements of it that really excite you? And, and you know, I'm sure we'll eventually get into why you got into venture to begin with, but I, I would love to understand, like, how do you see venture playing uh, an impact in the economy and, and maybe how has it personally impacted your own life since you've been involved in it? Yeah, so I mean, there's plenty of research out there that, that shows that you know, small businesses generate the most jobs. You know, they're really on the cutting edge of innovation, new products, new services that are going to transform, transform the way we live, work and play. So being a part of that innovation really gets me excited. I think Taking it a step further, you know, at the Artemis Fund, we back female founders, and, and we really believe that um, these female founders are creating solutions for broader populations that, you know, as drivers of consumer purchases and healthcare decisions and, and caregivers, that they really understand a market, they understand problems that are, that are not being solved, and, and really are poised to create products and services that are going to, you know, change the world. Stephanie, bring me through sort of, you know, early years, early days. I know right now you're filming this podcast from Miami, uh, or it was in Miami, Florida. Uh, did you grow up on the East Coast? Where, you know, where did you grow up and what was early life like for you? So I was born and raised in Mobile, Alabama. Um, single mom of three. Um, I was the oldest daughter of a single mom of three. So really, um, grew up with a, a tribe of women uh, that I, I knew could uh, you know, solve any problems, uh, were really innovative in the way that they took care of us and, and helped our family you know, grow up. Um, really loved um, spending time and growing up in Alabama. I got my undergraduate degree there in political science. 
Um, and then decided to move to DC. I was in DC for five years. I was a lobbyist. I was a transportation infrastructure lobbyist, um, advocating for um, you know, funding for rails, um, roads, bridges, all the unsexy stuff. Um, but I also worked on behalf of cities and counties in Southern California. Um, for example, San Bernardino County, uh, one of the most impoverished counties in the United States, and then also Orange County, one of the wealthiest um, counties in the United States, and and worked on a, a host of issues from um, transportation, as I mentioned, healthcare, public housing, um, and really got a, a wide breadth of experience advocating for communities. Um, did that for about five years, really loved it. Um, you know, got kind of tired of talking about things and wanted to build something. And so um, decided to go to business school. Um, I got accepted to Rice University. They gave me a really good scholarship. And so I decided to take a chance on Houston, back down to the South. Although Texas uh, likes to remind me that Texas is not the South, Texas is Texas. Um, and that's where I really fell in love with entrepreneurship. Um, I became an intern for the Houston Angel Network and continued volunteering my time after a course where I got credit. And I was like a joke that I knew the passwords. So the Navy Managing Director was a formal one left. But um, I had really gotten to know in the ecosystem and established myself as someone who could get things done and, and really wanted to help grow the ecosystem. And um, yeah, so I became Managing Director of the Houston Angel Network in 2018, met my co-founders of the Artemis Fund through the Houston Angel Network, and we launched that in 2019. When it comes to uh, like choosing to go down a career path in venture, when did you know that that's what you wanted to do? So um, I think I really decided I wanted to get into venture capital when I met my co-founders through the Houston Angel Network. Um, we were at a holiday party for, for the Houston Angel Network and my co-founder had just moved from New York and we were at and I asked her to make conversation, you know, what's missing from an outsider in Houston? And she said, where are all the women? And um, I had been in business school, had led, you know, um, efforts to increase women in business school. You know, when I was in DC, I was part of several groups advancing women's organizations. And, and again, I was just sort of tired of talking about it um, and wanted to do something about it. And so when, when she asked me that question, where are all the women, it really clicked that I can make an impact with my prior experiences, with my experience um, through angel investing, through, through investing the, the um, reputation I had built in Houston, that I can make an impact in VC on a larger scale um, on women's issues. Um, and so help more women to build wealth, introduce them to the asset class of venture capital, and then put more hands, more dollars in the hands of, of women um, founders who, who outperform. And and so talk to us a little bit about the Houston Angel Network, because I, I, I know that that was sort of part of the journey. Um, can you describe kind of how you got involved and maybe like the story behind it? Yeah, so the Houston Angel Network was founded in 2001. It's one of the oldest, largest, most active angel networks in the United States. There's over 130 members. Um, they invest as individuals. Um, from everything from life sciences to energy to aerospace technology, the Houston Asian Network is an incredible place um, as an early stage founder to find advocates and investors. Um, they tend to be pretty involved, um, you know, 
all the members are former executives. They've been successful in business, and so they're incredible advisors. Um, but I was an intern uh, through through the Rice MBA program. Um, Rice has got one of the top um, entrepreneur MBA programs, and one of the professors had organized um, experimental labs, and I took one of those labs and um, was placed with the Houston Angel Network and um, led the Life Sciences Committee for almost six months and then decided to continue volunteering my time. I mean, when you get involved in investing, it's very much a relationship business. And so um, I spent time getting to know the network, getting to know the community, and, and really fell, fell in love with the entrepreneurship community in Houston and where it was going. And, and what, what would you say is like the key differences between being an angel investor and being a more, you know, fundamental like institutional investor? I think that that's something that, you know, a lot of people, um, you know, they're not exactly sure if they want to be an angel investor uh, versus going to a fund. Is there any particular benefit towards being an angel investor and even more so towards joining like an angel group? I would say if you are looking to understand how to invest in startups, an angel group is a really great way to get started. It's a really great way to meet other individuals with similar experience who maybe have been doing it longer than you, who have some more stories, who can, you know, provide peer guidance and mentorship. Um, really great way to see a ton of startups pitch, sit back, learn a lot. Um, you know, but I would also suggest a, a two-pronged strategy of both doing direct deals and funds. Um, you know, with being what, an angel what, investor, it takes a lot of work. Sorry, sorry, Stephanie. I didn't yeah. Mean, what do you mean? No, no, that's. I mean, like, you don't have to do one or the other. You don't have to be an angel investor or a fund investor um, as an individual. So, you know, angel investing takes a lot of work to build your own portfolio. You know, um, do the diligence yourself. Um, negotiate the deal terms, you tend to be a smaller investor and not have majority rights that a fund will. Um, if you invest in a fund, then you can get that automatic diversification. You also have the benefit of managers like myself who are managing the investment, doing all the hard work of the diligence, the negotiation, adding value to the company. Um, so we have quite a bit of um, investors who both like to individual angel invest on deals they feel really passionate about, but also gain diversification by investing in funds. And what, what sorts of startups are the right fit for the Artemis Fund? Because I know that, you know, Houston Angels is lots of, like you mentioned, lots of different verticals um, ranging from fintech to aerospace and, you know, solar energy, et cetera. Uh, what sorts of startups or verticals do you focus on at the Artemis Fund? So the Artemis Fund invests solely in companies that are founded or co-founded by a woman. And so we tend to invest at the seed stage where there's a product in market with revenues. The angel network tends to be a little flexible on that. Um, we are looking for, we specialize in FinTech, consumer tech and care tech. Um, so, you know, there is quite a bit of overlap and we do have some individual angels in our Artemis uh, portfolio companies. Um, so it doesn't mean you have to take money just from angels or just from VCs. However, the Artemis fund is is looking for companies that have product and market with revenue specifically led or co-led by a woman. And 
when you invest in these sorts of founders, what are the traits that you look for in founders that you invest in most frequently? At, you know, how do you know it's the right type of uh, founder for you to invest in? That's a great question. So we, you know, we look for, you know, I just mentioned parts and revenue, uh, parts and market with revenues so or product market fit, but we also look for founder market fit. Um, does the founder have experience in that space? Um, experience with the problem, you know, experience, um, experience winning teams, attracting talent. Um, those, those are really important to us. So we look for founders that are really scrappy, that have most of the time bootstrapped um, and really proven out that their, their idea will potentially work. Um, and then are looking for the right partners to scale and grow. I mean, I always love when founders you know, interview me to see if I'm the right partner. Um, not so much just, you know, try to tell me what I want to hear to get the check. Um, it's a long-term relationship. And so we're looking for a really good fit in terms of communication style. Um, and just show and just demonstrated, um, demonstrated ability to, to, to make things happen with very little. Stephanie, I think you brought up like a really interesting point that, you know, maybe would be helpful for people to understand your perspective around what would you consider good questions to ask a VC or an angel or whomever is investing in you? I think that you had said, you know, sometimes you even like to be interviewed and sort of brought to the table. So um, when you sort of put your founder hat on, what sorts of questions should founders be thinking of when interviewing VCs? Yeah, so I think it's really important to um, ask for references from your VCs. So other companies that they've invested in ask, you know, what in your portfolio has synergies? Where are there, where's their overlaps where you've helped the company in the past, you could also help me in the same way. Um, it's really important to know, like, do they invest in your space? Is the check size right? Is the stage right? Um, you know, even the valuation range you're looking for, make sure that the, the structure of the deal makes sense. Um, you know, we really don't do safe notes, so it's good to know that kind of thing. But, you know, today I had a founder ask, what's your vision for our company? Where do you see it in five years? And I just thought that was an incredible, incredible question. Uh, it really put me on my toes and and uh, and and it, it, it helped me articulate to them where I saw the company going and if it doesn't align, and it's better to know that up front than, you know, when you're down the road and, you know, you have this offer to maybe to be acquired and you disagree on, you know. And, and knowing that, you know, you have sort of these green flags that you look for to make an investment, what would you say are some of the red flags or the areas that you either stay away from or, or kind of um, uh, tend to be traits that you think people should be more aware of that don't end up, you know, uh, becoming an, a portfolio company of Artemis? I think the thing that I see the most is um, not trying to build a, a relationship from the start. So um, trying to create FOMO at the wrong time. We are lead investors, so we're typically the first ones to you know, come in and write a check. And we're looking for that opportunity to build a really strong partnership and relationships. So, um, you know, just the urgency to, you know, you need to make a decision in a, in a week. I'm not going to make a decision in a week. So I'll just say it was maybe not worth my time or, you know, good luck finding another lead. Um, you know, but, you know, 
I think a lot of founders get coached to create urgency too early. Um, if we are potentially the last one in the round and we do want to get in, that's a different story. But until you have that lead, nothing is guaranteed. Um, and so take the time to build the relationship. Um, you know, be open with communication. I'm not going to sign an NDA. Most venture capitalists don't sign NDAs. Um, so, you know, I think not starting off um, the communications in a way that's going to um, demonstrate how the relationship is going to go long term is, is, is a red flag. Um, Stephanie, if we could spend yeah, just a, the biggest one. Um, talking about about that, like why for for a founder that's listening to this, that is sitting at home thinking like, I have such a good idea. I don't want to show Stephanie my idea without her signing an NDA. Why is that the wrong way to be thinking about that? You know, ideas uh, don't make businesses. Execution does. Um, there's really no new ideas under the sun unless you really are like a really strong, you know, leading edge tech developer and you've got something that's proprietary. Um, I don't, honestly don't want to see the confidential stuff. Um, so I think putting up those barriers too early makes it feel like this is not going to be a trusting partnership. Mm. Um, but again, I mean, you know, I'm not going to steal your idea. I'm not in the business of stealing ideas. I'm in the business of funding good ideas and good partnerships and good teams that are going to take, that are going to execute and get it to the, you know, get it to the next, the next round, the next round, the next round until it gets acquired. You're saying that it, is it's not necessarily doesn't make them a good or a bad person to have you sign an NDA. It just shows you as a signal that that might be, uh, you know, a, a lack of trust later on down the road. And, and it's just something that you use in your decision making process. A lack of trust or just a, a misunderstanding of the, of the way the process works. Um, you know, I don't do life sciences deals. So with life sciences deals, there, there probably is some proprietary IP. Um, so maybe it makes sense to sign an NDA, but if it's a FinTech company or a consumer tech company or a care tech company, um, it's not likely that anything that you are, have created has IP. It's probably software, right? And so um, I think it just shows like a general lack of trust for investors and, or, you know, um, but they're usually so unnecessary. And so it's just like, if you're going to put up that, roadblock, you probably won't get a lot of responses or conversations from venture capitalists because we just don't find NDAs. Now, Stephanie, I know that there are other VC funds. Uh, we've had one on the show, Halogen Ventures, and I, I know there's other funds that focus on, you know, women-led organizations and, and, and groups of, of that nature. Um, maybe speak a little on behalf of like, you know, why, why should, or why would a startup go to Artemis or, or, you know, when you talk about the, the values that you bring to, to that demographic and that cohort, is there anything in particular that you think is really special that you want to, you know, bring to light or uh, maybe talk a little bit more about why you, you know, have kind of um, uh, positioned yourself in such a way? Absolutely. Um, so, we look for overlooked, underserved, underrepresented founders. Um, and so we really believe that women are not getting funded because they just don't have the networks. They haven't built the networks. That there's just, there hasn't been a willingness to mentor 
of female founders, underrepresented founders, um, and diverse founders. And that's, we have that willingness. We seek them out. Um, we are looking for that um, overlooked, underestimated founder um, who just can't get in the door with some of the others because they don't have the traditional networks, the traditional um, pedigree that it takes to get into most VC funds. And, um, and I think that's the value you get from a fund like ours. We've got the experience. I mean, we've got an MBA, a lawyer, an engineer on our team, you know, decades of experience building companies, advising companies. Um, but we're looking for, you know, that unique founder that's just, just not getting the opportunity or not getting the door to other VCs. And we want to build a partnership early. Um, we're willing to take the lead to open up our networks, to bring all of our resources to bear for those companies. We're only going to invest in 15 in fund one. We'll do the same in fund two. We don't over um, diversify our conviction. We really lean in um, to, to help founders, you know, get to the next level. Um, and hopefully by then we, we, we've brought really strong co-investors that can lead their series A. Uh, female investors and I think uh, female founders are just incredibly collaborative. And, you know, that's the kind of culture and fund that we're trying to build. Now, Steph, you, you mentioned that you guys in many cases at the seed and I don't, you know, pre-seed and seed, they sort of all blend together right now, depending up, but, but as far as like the, the check size that you guys write for that lead investment, is there a typical range um, that you, that you fall under? Yeah. So our average check size is 500,000. We're typically uh, a lead investor at a, a one to $2 million round. We have led million dollar rounds that, uh, have turned into $2 million rounds because we've brought some really strong co-investors to the table. Um, so it's usually what we have found, we have a knack for finding these founders who have bootstrapped product and market with revenue. Um, and and uh, we like to lead their rounds and bring, like I said, a really strong group of co-investors around us. And, and you know, once we've taken the time to get them institutional ready and to share and syndicate, um, you know, we have found that they've been oversubscribed in most all of our all of our realms. So it's been pretty exciting. Stephanie, is there a particular industry or like category of startup that you personally are just like really excited about, or you just love? I, I know you work with fintech and you know a couple others, but is there is there any kind of you know business or idea or vertical or category that you're just like personally really excited about right now? I'm really excited about you know, the innovation that's going to be necessary to get people to return back to work and return to retail. Mm. Um, you know, we're, we're really strong in fintech. We've got some really great fintech deals and we're continuing to add fintech deals to our portfolio. Um, but I'm really excited about, um, you know, the strategics and the corporates I've been talking into about how they're leaning into innovation to bring people, like I said, back into the workforce, back at the office and back into retail. So I'm super excited about some of the consumer tax companies I've been investigating recently. That's awesome. Uh, Stephanie, I really, really appreciate you coming on the show. For anyone that wants to learn more about you and your fund, uh, where can they uh, where can they find you? Where, where can they connect with you? Yeah, they can visit our website, theartemisfund.com. And I am always happy to talk to female founders. Um, my email is stephanie at theartemisfund.com. And we like to get them to know them early and often. And so please feel free to email me. 
Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us on Demo Today. We really appreciate you. Thanks, Sean. Yeah. Uh, everyone watching at home, I'm Sean Goldbatten, CEO of Coefficient Labs. This is Demo Day. Thanks, guys. Thank you.